This is Vanessa. And Vanessa. And this, and this is, is Shit, Shit on, on the, the table. table. Long time no see, guys. Yeah, we totally forgot our intro. Sorry. I don't even know where that paper is. Oh, well. It's okay, somewhere. so there's no intro today, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't remember what it said. It was basically, um, uh, this is a podcast for groomers, by, by groomers. groomers. Uh, we talk about hot topics. And share your stories. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, it's a, been a long time. Yeah. And um, we have been off of social media just because there's been a lot going on. And yeah. it's just way too much to explain. So Well, and not even just that. It's hard. Keeping up with social media. I don't even keep up my personal page. But I do love groups. So I know people have seen me in groups all over the place. <clears throat> I'm not on any of it. It is no. a lot of work. Yeah. So we don't have a social media manager. And no. we should consider that. But um, we are back in action. Yeah. So we're going to give you a life update. Yeah. Um, I know people, I have been uh, <clears throat> keeping everything on wraps until... I put out this episode. It's a lot. Yeah, and, like, people have asked. I was very vague, even in my personal post, of what happened and in groups. And because, one, I wasn't ready to talk about it. And, two, I was didn't want to put it out there until I created content about it. <laughs> so. It's also, like, really easy to judge moms. First-time moms. It's really yeah. easy to judge people and their decisions yeah. that they make. Um, and... It's not about you need to do your research kind of situation. It's like this is a choice that um, choices are made between you and your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people always like to put their opinion and two cents into it. Oh, yeah. Even myself as your friend, I do it all the time and you don't listen to me, but that's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> you know, I just. Yeah. I just write a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody was right or wrong about this situation. It just. No, no. Happen. Minor, usually minor situations. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to give you guys, um, it's, we're going to give you um, a two-part series. Yeah. So we're going to do an That's update on Vanessa. We're going to do, uh, I'll give you an update on my salon and what we've, what we've been going through um, this past holiday season and what our plans are for the future. And then we'll get back to our regularly scheduled program, mixing it up, doing what we do best, trying yeah. to figure out life. So, without further ado, yeah. let's talk about... The awaited story. The awaited story. So, the last time we actually podcast, it was getting close. Like, you were already late at that point, right? Was I? I don't remember okay, so when our last episode honestly was. Or, because usually they've come out two weeks after, so, fuck, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. Well, you were pretty much at that point where you're supposed to pop. I I will take your word for it. Yeah. Because I really don't remember. Yeah. So, I believe you. Because it was all relatively around your birthday, like, everything kind of happened, like. Yeah, November 8th. Come on. November 8th was our last um released episode so that was two weeks before so yeah it would be around my birthday yeah yeah so i was supposed to have the baby the day before babies the day before 
the uh, podcast yeah. was uploaded. Yeah. So, yeah, that did not happen. No. <laughs> so, the last time we all talked, you were... 40 weeks. 40 weeks. Like, yeah. it was that moment, yeah. right? And they had mentioned before that, you know, they were looking at things and they kind of wanted you to give, you know, like... They wanted the babies to pop at the 40-week mark. Yeah, I mean, that was... Yeah, I mean, that's when they're supposed to come. Well, of course. Like, nothing happens on on time time when it comes to first pregnancies and stuff. my doctor doctor, um, he wanted them out at 37 weeks. And then my midwife was like, no, full term is best. And she's had twins go full term before. And, like, so she... There was no issue... My health was primo. I had no health concerns other than the fact that they were twins, IVF. Yeah. And that's it. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Like, the subtle nuances yeah. to that that no one's aware of, apparently, no. until uh, after, after the, the fact. fact. Yeah, because yeah. there were... So, going into having a natural birth, like, there's obviously risks for everything whether you have a hospital or a natural birth yeah and then you add in twins which Mm -hmm. is more high risk but not much more high risk than a singleton birth as long as mom is in great health yes and pregnancy is amazing yeah you know so going into my thought process was as long as things were kosher there is no reason to fret yes you know everything was great so basically your midwife and your doctors had maybe separate outlines but they had outlines of like what things needed to happen at what time yeah right Mm -hmm. so we're at the 40 week mark and um they want you to drink that nasty drink which wasn't helping at all either way yeah so okay so i didn't have any braxton's no I did not have you were just anything big that and uncomfortable. Would, yeah, that would lead me up to the thought of labor coming soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like living out my days uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. until the 40 weeks, and I had never passed a mucus plug. I never had any bleeding. My water never broke. Yep. Um, leading up to the 40 weeks, I never like there was nothing. I had always had, like, the runs, so, like, that's also an indicator of labor coming, It's like, having diarrhea, but, but then, like... as you get further along in the pregnancy, it's, like, there's no space to ki- make firm shit anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, like, it never was solid. Yeah. Like, like there's just so no room. <laughs> there was... I literally had no room in anywhere, any part of my body to hold on to my shit, so, yeah. like, that wasn't an indicator for me. Like, yeah. there was... There's no, there's no physical signs of, like, a normal progressing labor. No. I was actually degressing. Um, yeah. So, at this point, you know, leading up to it, we were doing almost daily checks. So, I was going to my midwife every other day. Sometimes it would be in the same day, you know, because at this point, she's like, well, you're twins. I, you need extra care. And I'm like, okay, like, that's fine. I was kind of the one really pushing for it, and she kind of was like... You know, it just kind of happened organically. Like, there was no conversation of, like, having extra care. It just happened. And we were both on the same page, which was great. So, 
Um, but anyway, so we were doing like vaginal checks and which if you know anything about natural birth or midwifery, they don't really advocate for a whole bunch of vaginal checks. They like to do everything, you know, just by f what you tell them and how your body is faring. And so vaginal checks aren't 100% common. They're done, but they're not like super common. And so she's like, well, we can keep doing these. And I was like, yes, like I need to know what's happening. And so did she, but she's not really wanting to push it. But I knew she wanted to continue with these vaginal checks. Yeah, she wanted to see if your cervix was dilated. Yeah, and if he's, you know, because our son was the one that was, we call him baby A, because he was the one that was actually in the um, pelvic area. And so literally one day he would be about three up. And then the next day he would be like not, you couldn't feel his head. And so he's like playing this game of going up and down, up and down, instead of progressing and going further into the birthing canal. He was like, nah, you know, we're just, and then I was manually dilated. So I never actually dilated myself. Like I dilated, I think to like a one or two. Yeah. But that was about it. And mm -hmm. so then we manually dilated me with a fully. So what that is is it's like it's a catheter that they put inside of you into your cervix that sits between your uterus and your cervix and then they put in like this fluid and they dilate it or they fill it up to about like a three or four and then you have to continually like be pulling it not like a whole bunch of pressure but just to make sure that it's still keeping that tension on your cervix and so we had to do that because he was going up and down. I wasn't dilating. So, and this was like at 40 weeks. So like I should have been dilated. I should have had signs of labor, but I had none. So, and I had drank this midwifery brew, which is supposed to help you like basically start bowel contractions, which is supposed to trigger you into having actual contractions. Yeah. And I drank that like three times didn't fucking work it just gave yeah. me the shits mm -hmm. and then um i did these like sidestep thingies where you go off the curb with one foot and like you're walking and like i'm doing this at 40 weeks i'm yeah. fucking miserable they're like pregnancy lunges but it's supposed to help you yeah like shift the baby or something mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i was going on walks around my pool because i didn't feel like safe walking distance from my house just in case something happened mm -hmm. and then god what else was i doing i was drinking tea i was having sex i drank wine like i only had one glass of wine thinking like some people said hey i had a glass of wine and loosened me up and my body just went into labor yeah my mom had a beer and went into labor with two, yeah. two of her kids so, myself and my sister exactly that so. was her trick I'm like, well, let me do it. So I had yeah. a glass of wine. That didn't work. Like, nothing was working to put me into labor. So the fully was the last, kind of the last of the last that I did. And At this point, were you already fired yet? Um, yes, I was fired by my actual doctor. So he had fired me, I think, at my last appointment, which was like a couple days before I hit 40 weeks or was it I think it was my 40 weeks appointment 
And, and he wanted to induce you at that point. Yeah. No, he didn't. He, we had stopped. He wasn't seeing us. We hadn't seen him in like two months. So we were just dealing with like our nurse. And so I was talking to our nurse and um, was trying to get information because it was already in my head that I was most likely going to have to have a hospital birth. Like At that point, the midwife has said, it's too late. No, she didn't. She's never said anything. It was me who approached her about the conversation of having a possible hospital birth because nothing is happening. Yeah. And so I was inquiring with the nurse, being like, hey, can you talk to the doctor, like, on how we would go about doing an induction with him at his hospital if that is a route that we decided to go at this point in time because nothing is happening. Yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, let me tell the doctor because he's not here. And she got a phone call. Well, she called him. She comes back and she's basically, without seeing it, saying that we were fired and that he would not be doing our birth. And so I, I had to clarify because she wasn't actually saying those words. Because it didn't make sense. Like if you were asking the questions knowing that you're late. Yeah. And you had to ask those questions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she wouldn't have known that you were late by your chart, or, like, they just didn't care. No, she knew I was 40 weeks. Okay, so then, that's my point, is, like... Nobody was, like, making these conversations. And so you were actively saying, like, hey, things are not looking right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, things... If things aren't progressing mm -hmm. at this point... Because, you know, yes, we all know, like, babies can come earlier or come later. Yeah. um, Because we don't have exact dates when well we have exact exactly dates. so like you have exact <laughs> we dates. have exact dates you have exact dates so you know exactly this is that you 40 are weeks 40 weeks this is when the baby's supposed to come out yeah for it to be safe for all parties involved yeah exactly because ivf you know the exact date exactly. of conception mm-hmm. so but then you when you're a first-time mom typically you don't go at the 40 weeks but i went 42 weeks with my first one yeah yeah and with singletons that's chill yeah but with twins you yeah you start your body is now working extra 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 hard Mm -hmm. at 40 weeks yeah and And so it's a lot that's a lot on your body oh yeah just having a baby is a lot on your body i'm not trying to like take anything away from singleton mamas but or singleton people you know, but yeah, but, but having two, two, you were full size, forty week yeah, pound babies. babies. Like you're dividing up your nutrients in thirds, which I really don't think it's in thirds. I think no. they're just fucking getting the nutrients at this point. And yeah. I was being sucked dry like Bella from Twilight. That's what I looked like. Yeah, you were rough. <laughs> so, so like you were asking your questions. Yeah, and he told her on the phone that he basically was not going to be the one to deliver these babies if I choose to do a hospital birth and that I needed to go to the hospital that day to deliver the babies with whomever is on call. And I was So that makes no that makes very see that bothers me and that just goes to show the kind of care that we give. Yeah. Because if you're if you're his client, his patient you would think he would have told you earlier before you yeah. even asked that question. Mm-hmm. Like He basically took our money. He didn't care. Yeah. He did not care enough to communicate with you or have his PA communicate with you. 
Mm-hmm. He didn't eat, and that bothers me because like you can literally just he could have just have his work phone and plugged it in with an alarm like hey check on Vanessa because yeah. she has twins and this is the time she's supposed to give birth and we haven't heard from her so what's up yeah you know what I mean like those questions you should not be asking no. I mean I, I I think you should question everything when it comes to medical oh yeah political teacher 100%. all of it yeah that's how you learn but but it just goes to show the kind of bedside manner and care that we get here in the states and in las vegas because we already guys we already talked about how like she almost died even just (laughs) getting these designer babies because vegas did not know that she was dying yeah and then we she had to go to mexico so like that was that story Mm -hmm. and this is a continuation of that story oh yeah i've had like three this will be the third like story Oh, we're foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, foreshadowing now. by now. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're foreshadowing now about so what like, happened. So, like, you totally got fired. At, at this point, you've already been fired. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Which pisses me off because we got the bill, the itemized bill for this year, like, just with his bills. We paid him, like, $9,000. Like. If you have any outstanding bills, don't pay it. We do. It's, like, 700 bucks, But I don't think uh, it's for him. It's uh, for, like, Quest Diagnostics and stuff. And, like, some of them are mixed with the midwife. And so it's just, you know, it's just bullshit because that's how much we paid out of pocket. Yeah. Like, that was an insurance. We were out of network for this doctor. Mm-hmm. And he basically he basically took our money. Did and not care about didn't you. Didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Because when we got the news that he was a pound different. Um, that was at our 36-week appointment, I think. Uh-huh. And he was like, they're a pound off. I recommend having these babies around, you know, very soon. And, you know, we would do, like, an induction or a C-section. And we're like, well, we would like to talk to our midwife about this. And he, I think he thought that that was the conversation. But he never made a note or a mention to us that that was the end of his care and that he basically was writing us off. So he didn't tell you. He no, just... I think that's what he did, but he didn't explain that to us. So we were left out of a conversation. Fucking stupid. So that, cause then around that time is kind of like when we stopped seeing him and we were just dealing with nurses. We assumed it was because everything was going great. Like our ultrasounds were fine. Yeah. Blood flow was fine. Blood pressure was fine. Like, swelling was fine. Like, there was really no anything for him to really see us for, you know? So, we just thought we were cool. And then, come to find out, it's because he didn't fucking care. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we get fired. We let our midwife know that we are on our own. Like, if we don't have these babies and we have to go to a hospital, we now... Not only have to find a hospital, but we have to find a doctor that is even willing to give me a chance to have a vat, like attempt a vaginal birth within reason. Yeah. And so that was fun. But so, yeah, that was 40 weeks. And um, so then I have this conversation with our midwife. Like, we just got fired. And also, I'm thinking that if I don't have this baby soon or if something doesn't happen, like to trigger a labor, we have to have we have to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like I can't 
keep writing this out. Like, no, because, it's not safe. Yeah, no, it's not safe for anybody. Yeah. yeah. So I never really gave her the chance to have the conversation with me. I just kind of was like, bam, here we go. Yeah. And she agreed. She's like, I do, you know, yeah, you know, and I will be there at the hospital if you want me there for more, you know, advocacy. And we're like, yeah, please fucking be there. So then not only do we have to find a hospital, but we have to find a hospital that will let our midwife be there. Yeah. In COVID, during COVID times with my husband. And at the same time, like time is ticking. So yeah. like everybody is getting antsy. Antsy because this all this whole process takes time. Yeah. And you're already at that point, what, 41, 42 weeks? No, um like 40 in a couple days. So Okay. I haven't reached 41 weeks yet. At that point. Yeah. And so swelling I didn't mention I had swelling and my which, which is normal cuz I everybody I've no, ever known has yeah. always swelled up and my swelling especially towards the end yeah my swelling didn't come on until 39 weeks like literally I woke up and I was like fucking swollen yeah and, and so you're fucking carrying a bunch of weight exactly so nobody was like thinking anything about it you have blood and fluid exactly extra and my bp had started to become irregular so which is also normal and can be a sign of labor and i say my bp was kind of irregular because when i was home my it was normal i was fine but when i would go to the doctors because i knew i was getting close to should have been in labor already with twins i was stressed out like what are they going to say to me like what is happening and nobody was saying anything because everything looked normal they're like it'll happen it'll happen you know, your blood pressure, let me see your blood pressure from your house, you know, because I was having to check it three times a day. And so, yeah, like I was fine. I was either in 80s or below. And so nobody was like questioning anything. Which it's it's hard to because it's very normal for yeah. your blood pressure to be kind of all over the place or erratic, mm-hmm. especially towards the end. Exactly. Of pregnancy. Exactly. Yeah. So everyone's like, these babies are just really comfortable. And then... Yeah, that's what they told me with story. Yeah, like they're just comfy. And so she did a... Oh, yeah, I forgot. We also did two membrane sweeps. And so that didn't trigger anything. That like, triggered mine. It hurt, like didn't feel great. It didn't hurt, but it didn't feel great. Yeah. And like my uterus was just like, haha, that's funny. Like, <laughs> bring more. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, um, I'm yeah. taking fists, bitch. <laughs> Pretty fucking much. Like, this is nothing. And so we did that. And this was all happening within like the 40 weeks. Yeah. So, like, we're inching closer and closer to 41 weeks. Yeah. And so I'm getting more nervous. Nothing is fucking happening. I'm not having Everybody's one nervous. contraction. Yeah. Like nothing. And your options keep... Dwindling. Dwindling. You have nothing to feel comfortable about. No. There's no comfort. You're already at that point where you know that like you're not going to be able to labor in a tub. Because no. that was that comfort that you had yeah. that sounded nice to make this special for you. Yeah. And those options keep getting taken away. So then you got that option taken away. And then being able to possibly labor at home, oh, that yeah. option got taken away. So once it got closer to 41 weeks, like, this is when, like, I start really breaking down, like, emotionally. I'm yeah. crying every single day, nonstop. I'm literally watching 
my dream birth it's gone like, disappear yeah i'm staring at all of this stuff that i had purchased sorry I, i'm getting no, emotional I, I, you can cry because <laughs> that same thing happened to me yeah like same thing twice twice yeah. so yeah we you know had the tub upstairs prepped yeah at 37 weeks and we had all the stuff that we stressed about buying you mm-hmm. know yep. and putting our birthing kit together yeah and like getting super excited like it's getting close to having these babies and like nothing is happening like and it, like it makes you excited just to get that that pad that has the aloe infused yeah we had the cold the cold, the cold pad for after you have birth yeah we had those in our freezer i know we just like you think like oh my god that's so amazing like you like, get to use this shit that's so cool like and you're I staring at that. it every day like why didn't they have this 20 yeah. years ago we're buying our midwife's food because we were going to have four midwives Mm -hmm. at our house to deliver babies because it's two midwives per baby and like so we have the tub upstairs still in a box because you can't set it up until you actually get get into labor so sitting in the corner we have our tote full of all of our towels and sheets and just everything that you need we have the hose set up in our bathroom to fill up the tub we're making our plans we're talking to my you know the people who are going to be there at the birth and like we're getting ready and then everybody's on standby yeah everybody is literally on standby my doula is on standby and she's going through shit and so like it's just everything is on standby yeah and like i'm getting closer and closer to 41 weeks and i'm just watching it all crumble around me and i'm not having contractions there he's going up and down up and down until finally he just stays up and he's not moving forward and so i finally just tell my midwife like if i don't go into labor by 41 weeks like to the day on the 41st day we have to go to a hospital yeah because you guys had already been like pushing that flagpole back oh after, yeah after the doctor said 37 weeks you need to have these kids so you guys were already pushing it back in like, his the fla- eyes yeah. in his eyes the yeah. flagpole so like you guys were already like pushing it back pushing mm-hmm. it back pushing it back but then yeah. it gets scarier and scarier and scarier it didn't and more- get scary for me until the 39th week when I'm like, okay, the well... The 39th week? Yeah. Oh, really? It got scary for me on the other end at 40 <laughs> weeks. That's when I was scared for you. Yeah. Because I was like, I knew what had happened to me um, when I became so late. Yeah. And then how things did not progress in the way they needed to um, for my first pregnancy. Yeah. And if my first pregnancy had would have gone well, my second pregnancy would have been fine but oh, yeah it didn't work out that way yeah right and then um my second pregnancy the the cord was wrapped around the neck so yeah nothing i could do about that didn't know about that till like years later because i was passed out anyway besides my freaking story it was like i was getting nervous for you because of you had twins and my yeah. cousin just had complications with her twins yeah and you guys were right along the line and plus yeah. i i get nervous about you because you're my bff so <laughs> Yeah, but so that's when I kind of started getting nervous that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. My dream, you know, wasn't going to happen, but I still had like some hope and trying to like stay strong. Mm -hmm. And, but once that towards the middle of the 40, you know, weeks, it's just, 
I knew in my heart of heart that it wasn't going to happen. Yep. And that I was going to have to go to a hospital. So I'm like kind of being a bitch to everybody because I just wasn't in my mind, right mind. I'm crying. I literally am ignoring people because I just don't have the energy to entertain yeah. someone. You know, I'm yeah. like barely even talking to my husband at this point. Yeah. And just like going through my emotions and crying and was a blubbering mess. Like I couldn't talk without crying. It's okay. And so... Like, we, me and Stacia had, like, side chats about, like, your situation. Mm-hmm. Full support, 100%. Yeah. And, like, any anxiety that we had, we did not display it to you without, like, without it being kind of, like, nice. Yeah. You know, but in the background, we were, like, freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And then at the same time, we knew, like, how much all of this meant to you. Because yeah. I knew how much it meant to me and how much I was literally crushed. Yeah. It's hard, like, mourning a birth, like, people think, oh, it's just a birthing plan, and it's like, but it's not, though. And you, like, and we know, and you know, with twins, how flexible your birthing plan had to be. Yeah, and it was a fairly flexible plan. It was super flexible. But, like, it was just, like, taking everything. Oh, every piece of it was just, like, nope, you don't get that, you don't get that, you don't get that. Like, nothing of my birth plan, like, happened. Like, nothing. Yeah. Not one thing happened. Yeah. Like, even, like, I still can't look at my dress. Like, even my beautiful dress that, like, my laboring gown was shredded. Like, we'll get to that. But, like, gone. More foreshadowing. Yeah. Like, I can't, I planned on wearing it for nursing. Like, it was a beautiful fucking dress. And, like, it was, I made sure to get one that I could use in the hospital if I had to go to a hospital. And you can use it at home. And, like, it was easy to take on and off. Like, you could breastfeed in it easily, skin to skin. Like, it was a perfect gown that I followed this lady on TikTok for months until I was ready to buy one. And it, you know, it's shredded. It's gone. There's little things that, like, you do just to, like, make something a little bit more special. Yeah. Like, I remember I did, like, my hair, I braided my hair in pigtails because I wanted to look cute for those first moments. Yeah. Even just a little bit and knowing that, like, if my pigtails were, or my pigtail braids were gonna get messed up, I could just take them out. Yeah, and and you'd still have, like, beautiful hair. Exactly. Like, you think about those things. Like, a birthing plan, birth is just... It's a special moment. As horrible as birth is. It is. Yeah. So beautiful. And you want to capture that. Or you want to remember it in that light. That glowing light. Yeah. You see all these beautiful birthing photos. And like they look beautiful. No matter how terrible they look. It's like such a beautiful moment. And so like. And you know those bitches that have like five or six kids. Right? Yeah. Like my. Like half my family. It's because they had good birthings. Good births. Yeah. They had beautiful beautiful births yes yeah, beautiful had, like pers- a water birth yeah, which well, which was her last one her, yeah and but she had her natural birth plan for her second child and it didn't go according to plan that was because the doctor when she started going into labor was on vacation and they mm-hmm. didn't approve of the water birth for the first one but yeah she still had a, a vaginal birth. a vaginal birth pretty natural like things weren't complicated she had no medicine like it it still wasn't according to her plan but it still went swimmingly so then yeah. the, the next time she had it all yeah the hair the makeup the wax 
she got the wax rate like the week before oh yeah i had my pussy wax too yeah she and had like her, went to they came had, out with rug burns she had the perfect sports bra so that way she could take pictures she didn't she didn't want the titty out pictures which is yeah. stupid those uh, are the most beautiful and she literally just like did the whole theatric one two squeeze and then my niece came out and it was like a photo shoot yeah and she still fucking loves children she's not having any more children she's done but she still loves the uh, babies and pregnancy yeah she got very lucky and then she like she bounced back really good like uh well <laughs> this last time though um, I know she came out with like some medical problems yeah well that's part of ha when you have kids yeah because they suck the life out of you yeah she she didn't think that actually happened to her um, the more she you keep having because them. <laughs> she she believes like everything could be cured by like she thinks she can physically cure her disabilities or certain things and to an extent you can make things a little bit easier but she's not she you can't with your mind power <laughs> cure diseases that are just part of age yeah and when you have kids at a young age she thought oh she, being a young mom is a great thing being a young mom means that those things that happen to middle-aged women just happen faster happen faster to you because you had kids kids take a notch out of your life they literally took my eyesight like they, no they do they take your they, ass and your eyesight yeah they, they take uh gallbladders mine takes gallbladders you start having so much so much so much fucking things your children will take from you your teeth <laughs> if you have bad teeth oh yeah they'll There's take your teeth on tiktok she's like 30 something and has no teeth yeah kids will do that she, she has that. dentures yeah and the, the, exactly so like she had the yeah. most beautiful births whatever it's still hard hearing about because i don't want to hate on anybody do it it's fine but like it's part of life i get jealous because everybody has like these beautiful births like if i see a like a pregnancy commercial i fucking change the channel i'm like i don't want to deal with this shit see my biggest issue is i don't mind the envy or the jealousy it's just that I hate when people say like things won't happen to them because it happened to me and mm -hmm. I'm different from them and I'm thinking in my head like no bitch things can happen to you yeah I'm very it much that person though what like I am it's not gonna happen to you oh yeah because it's not I'm not you yeah well maybe not that necessarily but like I just I'm like no that's not gonna happen like, it's not going to happen to me. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> but, it will. Here's a warning. I'm not telling you it's not. I'm not saying it's, like, I'm not wishing that on you. It there's just, a possibility that that will happen, and you have to keep that in the back of your head. Just just remember me. Yeah. So, like, that's that's how my sister's like that, too. Yeah. And I know I'm a lot like, of people that are like that. And I was really bad about it, about my PCOS. Like, I fixed myself so everybody can fix themselves. And it's like. It doesn't work that way. No, it does not. It does not work that way. You maintained your PCOS. Yeah. You'll never get rid of you your PCOS. You can't PCOS. get rid of your... When I say, like, I fixed myself, like, I will always have PCOS. If I do not eat healthy or a right way, my PCOS will come back. But, like, it's, it's in remission. I don't know what it's going to be like now because pregnancy changes your body. But my PCOS has never, hasn't been a problem since I was, uh, since before I got pregnant. 
so I'm hoping that's and the I, same for me. And but I, I don't like know. shit. Like I didn't yeah. do. I wasn't as regimented as you. Yeah. Pregnancy literally changed my whole composition when it came to my hormones and yeah. I'm hoping corrected a lot which is interesting because like they were saying that like maybe my PCOS is acting up again mm-hmm. but then they checked all the levels it's not it was fucking COVID oh. everything is going it's back COVID. to normal everything's looking to normal I'm hoping things change and I don't have to live such a regimented life but anyways back to the birth story so we're at 41 weeks now. Yeah, I had mourned my um, my birthing plan, and we were starting to create a plan. And so the midwife is like, okay, we're getting closer, and the way that we have to do this is we can't call today, we can't call the day before, we have to call the day you are going to the hospital. We have to call around, see who's even willing to, you know, like what what are your hard nose like your passes on hospitals and so we had to like so as i'm mourning mourning backtracking as i'm mourning my loss i'm also having to pick hospitals like that's fucking hard to do yeah while i'm bawling my eyes out i also still have to pull up my pants and continue forward i can't have a day of rest i have to figure out who's in our insurance network and who is more progressive um we needed a level three well we didn't need to have a level three NICU but me and Harvey wanted a level three and up for NICU yeah because just in case something happened we wanted them to have the best care and then making sure that those hospitals were in network so a lot of bullshit that you don't want to deal with exactly and i'm having to deal with this because because that should be the standard always i should just be able to pull up to whatever fucking hospital i feel like it and not have to worry about my insurance and if i'm gonna be paying you know 60 grand yeah and that they're gonna like save you yeah like you're making good care and like give me a birthing plan within reason (laughs) (laughs) sorry my babies are sleeping on my boobies but um so we came down to three to four hospitals yeah and so she our midwife came over the day of our you know that we were going to be going to the hospital i'm in good spirits you know i'm like i can't keep mourning i gotta move forward yeah new plan new new plan new day this is exciting babies could be coming potentially today like i really honestly thought that they just needed a push they needed that pitocin they needed just the extra little nudge and i in heart of hearts thought i would be going like like you can kick it like yeah like yeah high like year let's do this just like a little just yeah. like a little just snort of cocaine exactly just to it just you know? something to get my labor going yeah so it's all reasonable yeah it's all reasonable you know uh-huh. maybe i should have just done cocaine and it would have came out really fast right um but so she comes over and we get a hospital the she actually physically talks to the doctor yeah which most like we didn't we didn't talk to any doctors at the other three hospitals that she had called they all just flat out said she will have a c-section if she comes to this hospital like we're not tolerating it yeah we're not she's 41 weeks twins c-section yeah i wanted to at least have the chance to eat to to labor just try and labor Mm -hmm possibly have a vaginal 
you know, birth, I knew going in that there was a high possibility that it was going to end in a C-section. But yeah. I at least wanted a doctor to say, yeah, we'll give you however many hours. I just wanted that small chance, you know, just the small chance of having it. Yeah. You know, having at least a vaginal birth. I've yeah. always wanted to have a vaginal birth. And nobody's not, nobody is at this point explaining, like, what the risks are. If you, if, if you, if you were to tell me, if I were to ask, like, hey, could I get maybe a little bit of Pitocin in 10 hours? What are the risks involved? No one's saying anything, right? Like, no one's telling you, well, like... Well, the midwife was saying that there is no risk. She's like, it's just a little bit of Pitocin, like... That will most likely kickstart your labor. Yeah. And so, like, everything's... She's like, I think that's just all we need. You know? I think that's what you need. Like, everything should be good. Yeah. And so, I'm like, yeah. Like, I know this. I've done so much research on birth. I've done the research on natural birth and... He is so fussy. He is. So, yeah, I just wanted, like, a kick of Pitocin and, mm -hmm. you know, just to get the labor going. Yeah. And so she talked to this doctor, like, the actual laborist mm -hmm. um, on call. And he was, like, so her, like, asking her all the medical questions about my medical history. And he's, like, yeah, I don't see a problem with trying. But she needs to understand that if I, you know, say it's time, it's time. But yeah. she's willing to, you know, give it an effort. You know, let's see where the Pitocin goes. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, that's reasonable. Like, let's go. Yeah. So we packed up, we went and met the doctor. And so the way it works is he was on call and then you get a different laborist for the night shift and then he was going to be coming back. And so he started me off on Pitocin and nothing's really happening. It's early. It's fine. And then he goes home and we get a new laborist. And this laborist comes in with guns of blaring. And I did not like this guy. He was like, we are changing everything. And I'm like, what the fuck? So... There's Pitocin, and then there is this other stuff. I don't remember what it's called, but you can take it as a pill or you can take it vaginally. And so he started me off on the pill and taking it orally. It's like a cervix softener? Yeah, it softens mm -hmm. your cervix yeah. and it can create contractions. And the, way he w the reason why he wanted me to start off orally is because it's... Um, it doesn't start off so hardcore so he wanted to change everything and so he had me take this medication orally mm -hmm. and then instead of vaginally because if you do it vaginally it's hard to regulate and can cause severe contractions and so I'm doing it orally nothing's really happening and then he took me off Pitocin completely so was not, the Pitocin making you have any contractions? No, I wasn't having anything. Mm -hmm. So for 18 hours, I didn't have one contraction. And then I started having contractions. And But by the time um, I started having contractions, the other doctor was leaving. Oh. And I was getting my old laborist back. 
and so like you were all excited because like you got some contractions maybe yeah something moving something i was something was happening it felt like to me it felt like very 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 light cramping yeah and so just for reference i have endometriosis so i am used to very severe cramps um so you know i'm used to monthly pain it's great um so i'm having like a very light fluttery cramps nothing's really happening to me at least and so he comes back and he's very confused as to why the plan was changed <laughs> and you call harvey i'm not fucking dealing with that <laughs> he um he was very confused and he came in very upset as to why the plan was changed and he thought i changed the plan to slow things down. Why would you want to slow things down? I did right. not. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were thinking that the other doctor was having me take the medication orally because it slows things down. Pitocin yeah. makes things happen a little bit faster. And so he, the doctor comes in and he has this very serious tone with me and was accusing, like not necessarily accusing me, but I felt accusations happening that weren't happening yeah and so i'm confused as to why he's upset and the nurse and him are basically looking at me like i'm a crazy person for slowing down this labor that i didn't want to slow down and so he's like we're putting you back on pitocin and i'm like yeah like that's what i want like that's why I came here, doctor. Yeah. Like, I'm very confused. I'm looking at him very confused as to why he's so upset with me when all I'm doing is listening to doctors. I'm doing what the doctors are telling me to do. And so he's like, okay, yeah, well, then we're going to get back on Pitocin. And I'm like, sure, let's fucking get back on Pitocin. Like, your doctor friend is the one that changed me on this. And so, oh, I love it when she makes that face. And so... Um, she, oh, Hazel's got gas. She shits her brains. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's gassy. <laughs> She's smiling now. She's like, I don't know if I like this or not. So, You're doing so good. You're doing so good. Right. Just let it out, mama. You put your knees up. You gotta put your Do knees you know up. how to gas them? No, it never worked for my kids. Oh, it works for them. But since it's coming out. Um, so I'm back on Pitocin and I start actually having contractions. Like pretty decent contractions. Oh, and they put in this like fetal monitor that goes through your cervix. Yeah, I had one of those where it's like on the Yeah. The head of the baby. Yeah, it was not fun. Well they put it up on the side for twins. So like not just you didn't have the vag the the cervical one and the no they one. just had the did I have the one that was just on the side or did I have two for the monitors inside yeah yeah just I had one between the babies between oh wow mine mine was uh on uh the head oh well yeah I guess it went fucking between the babies so a lot of this is a blur for me yeah um which we'll get into mm. but a lot of what happened is quite a blur so like i remember in full detail before contractions 
And once they start getting contractions, that's when it starts to get really fuzzy. Yeah, times time when you start getting the like the real contractions, time starts kind of yeah uh, changing. It almost seems like it's slowing down or going yeah. fast. Well, mine just completely disappeared. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'm getting like pretty good menstrual cramps now. Uh, that's the way I was relating it. Um, I was like, I've definitely had worse. So like, I yeah. was kind of excited. Like, well, maybe this is gonna be like all of labor for me like like you get a handle like this. i can You're handle pro. this yeah. like i've dealt with pain worse than this yeah um so like i'm like yeah like this is great i'm talking my midwife had left um because there was no point in her being there with nothing happening yeah and so she calls me and she's like okay well i'm just checking in um do you want me to come i have some errands to do maybe i can get those done and then come or do you need me now like i don't yeah. have to do these things i was like you know what nothing's out of the ordinary we're back with our regular doctor i'm on pitocin like we're back on track like no you don't need to come once things start progressing then we'll call you and then i'll have you come down um but everything is you know pretty normal right now pretty manageable we're good i'm getting great treatment i don't need the advocacy right now yeah so we're good and then so i'm talking to our nurse and uh i'm asking like you know why did you guys have that conversation with me like about changing the medication and she's like well we're under their impression that you wanted to slow down the labor and i was like no I'm like, I was just doing what the other doctor told me to do. Yeah. And he came in, like, right after the doctor left and was, like, guns a-blazing. And, like, this is what we're doing. We're taking out Pitocin and we're changing everything. And she's like, oh. She's like, yeah, we were under the impression. It's like, well, if you can, like, let the doctor know. Because that wasn't my plan. That was the doctor's plan. And come to find out, like... I called the other doctor that we didn't like doctor rejuvenation because he does the vaginal rejuvenations. So we're like, he goes in and tightens them up. And I'm like, that's just fucking weird. But anyways, I thought that was kind of funny and interesting. Yeah. So anytime like I was talking about the doctor to the nurses, I'd be like, oh yeah, doctor rejuvenation. And they'd all crack up because they knew exactly who they were, who I was talking about. And they're like, that's fucking hilarious. So I was like my normal self. So anyways, so contractions are now, like, progressing. The doctor's pleased. He, you know, we're making progress, like, finally. And then my water breaks. And I'm like, that was really cool to feel, like, having the water break. And they're like, awesome. Because that means contractions go faster and heavier afterwards. Exactly. So I have really one big contraction and i'm like i'm pretty sure they've never seen someone be so excited for a major contraction before yeah but like i rode through it it was great and then not too long after that i hit my second contraction and so at this point i'm like on my laboring ball like i'm like doing all the mom stuff like trying to just feel good and like opening up those hips and like really just trying to let babies come down and do their thing and so um from what i remember i was sitting on the ball and like i felt the second contraction coming on so i was holding on to harvey and then he wanted to sit down so he goes over to the bed and like rolls me over on you know towards him i'm still sitting on the ball 
and this is still the second contraction like it's coming on and so I lean I guess I lean my head on, onto Harvey's lap and I don't remember anything else so he from what I have been told I stopped breathing and this is like all in the second contraction I had stopped breathing and I started turning blue and started having seizures and so he had to call for help and so from there I go into I guess the doctor comes in and is like this is happening like she needs to have a c-section and he needs that verification from Harvey and Harvey's like fuck yeah take my wife like she's literally having seizures in front of me yeah like this is has to be done and so he, I guess I was like trying they tried to wheel me I guess my seizures stopped and they wanted to get an MRI and then I started having more seizures during the MRI so they took me out and just were like we, she needs to have these babies like this needs to happen mm -hmm. so I go and don't I didn't get to see my babies be born I was completely knocked unconscious with anesthesia or not yeah anesthesia Harvey didn't even get to be in the room to see these babies born He's freaking the fuck out. Like, what's going on with my wife? The babies were born really quick. Super healthy. No NICU time, which was great. And I was intubated and was in ICU for, like, two and a half days. Yeah. So, in a medically induced coma. Yes. Yeah, I was in a medically induced coma um, so for a little bit. The conversation right after you went into the ER, the ICU... Harvey called us up, right? And he, like, laid out everything. Mm -hmm. I, I remember part of the conversation that stuck out to me, and this is how much of a personality flaw you have. <laughs> he had said when you were going into that second wave, you were vocalizing mm -hmm. you were going into the second wave, you were on the ball, and he was bracing you, helping brace you, and then you had gone, he said that you had gone limp and really, really heavy. And he was saying, like... You know, he was kind of, yeah. like, trying to, like, get your attention. But, like, he was, like, you know how Vanessa is. Sometimes she can be kind of dramatic or she can fuck around a little bit. And, like, yeah. she fucks around a little too much, on like, during serious things, right? <laughs> yes. So he thought you were fucking around for, like, a split second until yeah. all your weight collapsed from underneath you. Yeah. And then he realized, like, your eyes were not... He said my eyes rolled in the back of my head and my lips turned blue. Yes. And then he was like, he's like, okay, when I knew she wasn't being a bitch and fucking around, <laughs> like, that's when he was like, I had to take quick action. This is what I did. I laid her down gently, took a breath, called the nurses. Yeah. She started convulsing. And then I was like, we're all trying to be very calm on the phone because he called us because yeah. this was a lot. Like, it wasn't something he could text us, but he's yeah. like... She's in the ICU now. She's fully intubated. Um, and then, like, we kept asking for updates and, like, if we needed to bring him food because, yeah. like, he didn't know what was going on with the babies and so on and so forth. And we were just making sure he was okay. Blah, 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 blah. But that part of the conversation where he thought you were dicking around <laughs> still got to me. And then it gets worse because <laughs> you still dick around. I like, do. Well, like, I fucked around with Harvey a couple times about, like, I would use, like, lipstick like, red lipstick to pretend. I can't even remember what I did with the red lipstick. But even but I do remember, like, I fucked around a little too hard. <laughs> I remember, but the last time you almost died, you were dicking around, 
almost the whole time while you were in pain and like dying so like yeah well because i cope with dark humor and no, so. and it's, it's like something that's such a character flaw. <laughs> it is. But it was just that moment. I just, I remember we were laughing at that moment. Like, we were glad that you were alive because we were all freaking out. Yeah, but, but like. He was just like, she, we. he's like, I didn't know if she was messing with me or not. And then she wasn't. Yeah. And then it got real, real, real yeah. quick. And he had to call for help because they're could, so you used collapsed to- on him. And the nurse button was on the other side of the bed. Well, and they're so used... Like, they have people dedicated to looking at the monitors. Yeah. But they're so used to moms moving around. Because at this specific hospital, they encourage you to labor like you would at home. Mm -hmm. And, like, so they're used to the baby monitors moving all over the place. So they come in quite frequently trying to adjust those monitors. Which I think is frutile. Because of how much you're moving during labor. But... So it looked like I was going through a contraction and moving through it. So nobody came. So he's like yelling for help until they finally came and, you know, took me away. And so, yeah. So I just remember. He said. Waking up. He said that he heard them say that you coded. Yeah. I went over the intercom. Yeah. Like, not me personally, but they intercommed me. So I was one of those people that like. Got intercommed, which I think is kind of cool. <laughs> you basically died and they brought you back. Yeah, like, I literally wasn't breathing. No. So, like, there was no oxygen flow to my brain. Yep. And, like, yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah. Thankfully, my babies were born healthy. It always happens that way. Yeah. It happens that way. The, like, the, the moms suffer and then the babies, the babies come out perfect. Like, hey, I'm here. I'm no, alive. They, they literally came out perfect. More perfect than my 42 week baby. They came out perfect. Yours came out even more perfect. Like they had nothing. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. They, they didn't like even babies. need anything. No, no they, they were full weight. He was six pounds and some change and she was um, seven pounds and some change. Yeah, came out full size perfect ass babies. Yeah. And one of them was hairy, which I always knew I was going to have a hairy baby. And one of them was hairless. So our little boy was hairless and she was full hair. And she has my back hair. <laughs> Poor baby. And the little and the little butt hair tail that's like at your tailbone. Yep. I have a tail of just hair and yeah. she has mine. <laughs> I'm like, poor thing. But whatever. Um, the shoulder hair goes away, though. Oh, no, it did go away on her. I know. But the back hair and the butt hair, I believe, is here to stay. It always is. <laughs> so, she just needs to find someone who will love them. Like, Harvey loves my back hair, so yeah. <laughs> it's fine. But, yeah, so I pretty much, like, died. And I hate to break anybody's bubble. I saw nothing. I don't... Like, that kind of freaked me out a little bit afterwards. Like, there was nothing. Like, I like I didn't hear anything. There was no above-body experience. There was no, like, light. There was no... You were out, and then you came back, and then that was it. Yeah. Like, there was nothing. Like, I... Yeah, like, I just remember waking up and, like, trying to, like, talk but I couldn't talk and like there were people around me and like I was on fentanyl like I was on like a fentanyl drip 
because they have to keep you completely immobile when you are intubated because people try and pull it out because it is very difficult to breathe. That's how your lungs get collapsed. From pulling it out? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm Yeah. So it's very dangerous to pull it out. So they keep you completely immobile. Yeah. And so I'm high as a fucking kite. And let me just tell you, I've had morphine before. Fentanyl, if you have a choice between your cocktails, <laughs> choose fentanyl. Yeah, baby. I had fentanyl when I was uh, laboring with my second baby, Fable, and uh, it was just, great. That's just the bee's knees. It was great. And, and I had to have um, a spinal tap. So I had to have a spinal tap, and so they're feeding me yeah. fentanyl into my That like, would have been the way system. for me as well, but because uh, they had came to me and asked um, about having um, just the catheter put in for my epidural mm-hmm. just in case yeah. something happened. And so I don't actually have to have any... You don't... You have the choice of having a catheter in for an epidural just in case you need to have a C-section, an emergency one. So you do have that option, but you have to find an anesthesiologist that will do it because a lot of times they're not going to just put the catheter in and not give you a drip. So, so I had two catheters. So I, I had two, I asked for the epidural. So I had two catheters, two epidural catheters, mm-hmm. and then I had to get a spinal tap for my C-section because the catheters, uh, my anatomy does not allow me to take in anything, right? So where they were putting, um, I wasn't getting any medication. <laughs> Dang. So like the big, I was getting it, but it wasn't yeah. being effective. It wasn't effective for the pain. So yeah. I was just getting the high, but the pain at the same time. Oh. So like for some reason, it just wasn't hitting yeah. me. Like the epidural wasn't hitting me. So just then they started giving me fentanyl because I was in so much pain, back labor and pain. And the, I had two anesthesiologists. I had two catheters. And then my last anesthesiologist, when I went into the C-section, mm-hmm. he put everything in. They, they put the medication in for me. Uh, for the C-section, and they started saying, hey, do you feel this? And I said, yeah. And they're like, what? You're not supposed to feel that. <laughs> so, basically, at that moment, they mm-hmm. knew, like, there was something wrong. Yeah. Like, with me. So then, um, I had to get a spinal tap, and I had to be completely knocked out, which they don't usually do. No, they want you to be able to... Yeah. Unless it's a true, true emergency, like life my, or death. My second one was not, and yeah. I was... I wasn't fully knocked out, but I was... I ended up passing out, because... They got me so so far to that point that I yeah. was I was going out anyway. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, we got the call that you were fully intubated. Yeah. So two days, right? Two and a half, because it took a while for them to discharge me from ICU. Yeah. So it was ha- about like a half a day. Yeah, and they had. Wait, no, you were two days out, right? No, I was okay. So. I was because completely they, knocked out for the C-section. Yes. And, and I you guess had an I was MRI in, in there too, right? I think you had an MRI or They something. tried. And that's when I started having a seizure. Oh, okay, okay. I was having a seizure in the MRI. And so then they were like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they gave me, uh, did the C-section. And then I was in like a coma a little bit. Yeah. I don't know for how long. Um, but, um, so... I was in a coma for a little bit, and then they woke me up, and that's when I was, like, on the fentanyl drip, and so I don't remember too much, but I guess I was a hoot. I was quite the comedian, um, so you can't talk 
at all when you have the tube in your throat because you have like a ball in there and then you have like a tube and so there's like no swallowing oh do you have the paper where um it's somewhere around here i think it's upstairs in harvey's office oh, okay no we're not throwing that away because there was some funny shit i think so there was something where i was talking about that i've taken it bigger for something i don't remember oh I think it was, like, the tube in my throat, and I was like, oh, I've taken bigger. Like, so I was, like, still making my sexual jokes. That's still very much me while yeah. under the Har fentanyl. Harvey said you made that when your dad was, like, in the room. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, um, he yeah. He read off, or you read me the notes that you were making since you couldn't talk. You had to write down everything yeah. that you were asking for. So, like, there was, like, two, three questions of, like, questions that you had. There was, did I die? And then there was, like, other things. Um, it was very interesting. And then it was, like, um, like five or six sexual jokes in there. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I don't remember too much. I had a gang of visitors. Um, and, yeah, I, like, flipped off my little brother. Um, I was making jokes with, like, the staff and, yeah. like, talking to them via... Um, paper and pen and like the moment I woke up I asked for that paper and pen you can't hold me back like I'm a fucking talk I'm not gonna just lay you here you need to get your words out I need the to the drama's there you gotta express <laughs> I it I do like I need to know what's happening and you need to like hear me yeah. you know um, but I do remember vividly this nurse like almost murdering me in the middle of the night um, because I was immobile, so they had to physically clean me. And, like, she... I was able to breathe really well on one side. So when you have... I mean, when you deep throat, right? You get all that phlegm coming up. You know, the juices when you're deep throating dick. No, I can't deep throat dick. <laughs> well, you've seen it in porn. You know? the All the saliva, all of the phlegm that is from deep throating dick yeah okay well your body's defense mechanism you're, exactly it's like <laughs> no we need to get this out yeah um well that happens when you have a tube down your throat also and so i found a way to lay with the phlegm not choking this shit out of me that would like give me anxiety just feeling the phlegm it does okay because like it's uncomfortable it feel if the phlegm isn't cleared it feels like you are suffocating yeah and what happens when you suffocate, you literally start flailing and fighting for your life. And so, um, like, I had to be held down by this nurse because she, I told her not to flip me to my left side. Because on the left side, my phlegm wouldn't clear. Like, I found, like, a little hole, you know, in the tube area that I could swell the phlegm down and it would go down. And, you know. Yeah. To wherever. And I think it was actually going down into my lungs because I got very um, phlegmy afterwards and I got pneumonia when I got home, which is pretty common when you're intubated yeah, because um, of the phlegm that goes inside. So anyways, she didn't listen to me <laughs> <laughs> and she flipped me over because I'm on heavy drugs and I can't really do anything. 
Um, but let me tell you, when your life feels like it is at risk, it doesn't matter if you have fentanyl in your system because I fought the bitch back. <laughs> and I am fighting for my life. I can't breathe. I'm going for the tube and because it's literally clogged. And the only way for them to get it out is by suctioning it out with like a dentist yeah. sucker. So she's trying to shove it down into the tube. I can't breathe. And she's, like, I can tell in her face she's freaking out because she is alone. Like, she's the only one in the room. And she can't, she's, like, kind of an old lady, if I remember correctly. And she's, like, holding me down, and I'm fighting this bitch off trying to get to my other side and trying to breathe. And I need, I wasn't trying to tear the tube out of my mouth, but I was trying to tell her that, like, I can't breathe. Like, I can't breathe. Like, this isn't right. Like, I am suffocating. Like, yeah. I'm, and I'm thinking vividly in my head like this is how i go i'm going to fucking die and it's because of this bitch <laughs> and i am literally you're like all those other times right that were really dramatic this bitch just put me on my left side <laughs> right <laughs> like this bitch fucking killed me and this is how i go out with like everything my else you beat everything out everything but this, this old fucking lady murdered me <laughs> Because I told her no, and she just ignored me. And, like, I am literally, like, this isn't how I'm going out. I'm going to see my babies. Oh, yeah, by the way, I didn't see my babies. Nope, like, they wouldn't let the babies inside the ICU. And so I hadn't seen them. So everybody else and their fucking mother saw my kids. And that is heartbreaking. It is. To this day, Harvey has regrets. He wishes he didn't allow that to happen. And I don't blame him. He was very much in, like, a He very was exhausted. Sh- he was in a shitty position. Yeah. You know? And the hospital was nice enough to let him actually stay in labor and delivery instead of sending him home. Yeah. And he was allowed one person to help him. So he asked his mom. And... But he... Everybody wanted to see the babies. And so he was just so drained that he said yes yeah and like i don't blame him for that but i wish everybody else would have had the respect yeah no we but people don't no people they don't. don't have respect i was i was a little bit hurt about that too like not that seeing the babies because yeah. i was like you know but it's hard like, like harvey needed help and he we did. did that yeah but it's like other people could have just like stood back for a little bit for real. Like, he said, I don't want people to... He even said... He said it. No, yeah. Just so you know, he did No, he say, did. He said it He said he did, he did not want anybody else to see the babies yet. He didn't want to take pictures. He didn't want to show anybody the babies because he wanted you to see them. Yeah. But, like, it didn't work out that way because he still needed to shower, eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And For real. manage like, the I hospital. Like, I get why and how it happened. But, like... But at the same time, people should have just been like, well, Vanessa hasn't seen these babies yet. Maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. To this day, I haven't looked at any of those pictures. I'd be a little bitter about it. Oh, no. I'm not bitter. I'm pissed. Yeah. Like, it still upsets me. And, like, I haven't looked at any of the pictures that people have taken. Because I'm like, I wasn't there. You were enjoying my children when I wasn't able to. Like, me looking at those pictures, that doesn't feel good. Like, I wasn't there. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at things that I could have possibly never seen. Mm-hmm. Like, 
why do I want to look at those pictures? Yeah. But apparently, well, I did actually just look at one picture for the first time. I looked at myself intubated. And, like, I had never, I hadn't seen that. And I asked Harvey to take that picture. And while I was under fentanyl. And he's like, why do you want this picture? And I was so high, I was like, I just want to remember it. Yeah. Like, I need to know what I look like in the future. Yeah. Like, and I just looked at it for the first time. We just like, got we just got the quick shot of you like waving when you were under. You couldn't talk yet. Yeah. And that was it. It and looked then, scary. There was no light in my eyes. Like it looked like I had died and like I was just there. Mhm. Like it was weird seeing the picture because there was like nothing behind my eyes. It was scary. Yeah. Like it didn't look like me, even though I was looking at me. It didn't look like me. Yeah. It was a weird picture to see, like, it. looking at it felt like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, that really pissed me off that a whole bunch of... Vicky, I understand. He needed help. Yes. Like, he needed yeah. a second person. He, unfortunately, was left with taking care of two babies by himself. In a hospital that is... Like, there's so many different yeah. things that you have to do. It's not exactly. like at home. No. Like, if he was at home, it'd be a different it's story. Different. But, like, he here was over in here. the hospital, stressed mm-hmm. out. His wife is intubated, and he's wants to try and enjoy these babies, but he really can't because he's very concerned. Yeah, he was so guilty happy. the whole time, too. I know he was. And he, he did good. He, he did oh, good. Oh, no. Like, any decision that he would have made oh he was on it he i can't be mad at that yeah he stepped up he had to figure it out thankfully our midwife was there yeah so backtracking a little bit so i had talked to the midwife right and i told her no don't worry about coming and then an hour later she's getting a phone call from harvey saying hey can you please come down she's in an emergency c-section this is what happened and so she comes down, she's there for Harvey, right? Through this whole experience, she was the first person on the scene. Yeah. And so, thankfully, she remembers I had been pumping. So I had colostrum, I had breast milk, and since she's fluid with hospitals, you know, she understands how they work. She's been in hospital settings. She knows they have donor milk, and she reached out to a mom for donor milk. So these are all options. If you don't want your baby having formula, you have options. There is donor milk. You can find donor milk, you know, if things aren't, you know, if an emergency happens, these things are at your disposal. Yeah. And so she, they immediately asked Harvey, what formula do you want? And I'm so glad she was there because I know under that stress, he was just going to have to pick a formula. Like he doesn't remember that I have colostrum in our freezer. We're also 35 minutes away from our house. Yeah. So she was like, um, we're not doing formula. Yeah. Like she wants breast milk. She was there to honor what little, uh, that little bit that just you, the little bit yep. of my birthing plan that was available. That's what she was there for. She was there to be Harvey's eyes and ears because he just wasn't there. You know, he was struggling. Yeah. You know, after what he just witnessed, like, having to, like, go into medical mode 
and on his wife on his wife yeah exactly. not something he yes he does every day he sees it every day it's yeah. not something he, he wants, wants to, to do <laughs> for his wife that like, freaked him out <laughs> exactly like that's fucking traumatizing yeah like, that's detri- like that's terrifying any other person it'd probably be 10 20 times different exactly but but he knew to lay me down and like do yep. all the things that he did um but so yeah so i'm in icu i almost die from some old fucking lady god i hate that lady like to this day <laughs> i hate her it was the most like i can't say that like having the seizures was terrifying because i don't remember them yeah I completely blacked out. I remember going into his lap and then waking up in ICU with a tube down my throat. Days like, later. That's all I remember. That's it. And so, and then, almost dying. That was hella terrifying because, like, I'm actively dying because she's suffocating. And you're awake. My own phlegm and I'm awake and I can't, I don't have, like, the quickest movements because I'm into, you know, like. You're drugged. I'm too. drugged. So, so yeah so like then, death is much scarier when you're driven yeah, exactly <laughs> and so they bathe me and these people are you know i'm dealing with also postpartum stuff that you have to deal with after having a baby i'm bleeding i've been cut open yep. like they're looking at my scar like my open in like my incision and they have to touch it well i didn't feel any of it so you know when they press on your stomach i'm fucking drugged up i didn't feel that they don't press on your stomach when you have a c-section yeah he did a little bit he was pressing on it and like making sure my uterus and stuff oh is in the right position yeah that doesn't hurt that doesn't hurt oh uh, well it d- that I doesn't hurt even it. after the c-section oh well, okay yeah like, a lot of people say it does okay well it didn't hurt for me well we were on drugs Maybe I was on drugs. Yeah, because they do it kind of, like, right after. And, like, they check it, you know, not too long after you're awake. So, but he was checking it. I didn't feel shit. Like, so they're doing all, like, the postpartum stuff. I can't even change myself. I'm having these ladies come in and, like, change me. Yeah. And you're still, like, even if you have a C-section, you still bleed vaginally because your yeah. uh, uterus is contracting to a, a normal like, size. Like, I had a little bit of dignity of changing myself, but, like, I'm having these women come in and wipe me. Yeah. Putting on my pads. Like. Exactly. Change. You have a puppy pad. Yeah. Like, you are on a puppy pad. Yeah. Like. They have to lift your cheeks up and remove the puppy pad Uh that you've been sitting in for a couple hours it was and put a new puppy pad in Mm -hmm. yep but i can't do any of that myself you're like i'm having i couldn't wait till i got old to do that shit no you don't that's what happens that's what happens fucking have kids i'm getting poked and prodded for tests they're i guess they did like some neurological tests where they put like things on my head uh and poor Harvey's well, doing... You had, yeah, you had seizures, and you stopped breathing, you coded. Like, they have to make sure, like, there's functioning brain Yeah, and, like, I was completely back. fine. So, after everything happened, I was fine. My tests were cleared. Um, they... because you got two parasites out of you. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, like, I was good. My, you know, was ready. I was like, can I get out of here? Like, I don't want to be here. And they're like, no, we have to keep running tests and tests and tests. And so then finally they're like, okay, well you can go into labor and delivery. So getting the tube out was really hard. That was not fun. 
Um, I opted not to continue the fentanyl. Which was a stupid decision. <laughs> I was like, no more. That was stupid. You should have at least kept it on for like another day and a half. No, the I wanted to be able to breastfeed them as quick as possible. They would have been fine. They're high. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and they're only high for the first few days of their life. They're right. not going to care. And so then they're like, well, what pain medication do you want to be on? And I was like, nothing. Give me the bare minimum. Ugh. And so I was just on Tylenol I did that the and first time, And that was stupid. The <laughs> second time, no. Yeah, well, so that's what I did. And um, was bummed. Nobody recorded my reaction, which I didn't have much of a reaction because I was still pretty high myself. <laughs> like, still pretty high. Um, but Oh, when you got your babies? Yeah. Aww. Nobody recorded it. Um, Were people there? No, it was just me and Harvey. Oh. Okay, and Vicky. yeah, I would have been pissed. Yeah, I think Vicky was there, too. Okay, well, she gets a point off for that one. <laughs> maybe. Maybe she wasn't. I don't 100% remember. I think she stepped out. She was there in the vicinity, but yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. I, I think she gave us privacy. But, yeah, so nobody recorded. I, I have no recordings of me meeting my both babies. Yeah. Um, I remember story I poked her and then I passed out and then fable <laughs> I said hey baby and then I passed out I oh started I started crying. puking I oh. started puking for I cried for story yeah um but for fable I just I was too high to care I didn't care yeah and I was just like boop poked her and then oh no I poked story one of them I poked like I just like pushed her face and just to make sure she was real yeah and then each time after everything was done I pass out and then they they take me to my room and I wake up like an hour or two later. Yeah. No, I just I cried and I was like, they're your baby. They're real and they're not ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I was and then they gave them to me and I'm like, babies are ugly. I don't know. Mine mine were cute. Mine, mine were, were so cute. cute. Mine were not ugly babies. <laughs> mine came out like full size babies. Yeah. Both of them. So same z's. And, like, they looked like real babies. They didn't look like those weird alien babies. But I at least did get a picture of me holding them, which I'm like, why would anybody trust me getting off of fentanyl holding babies? But... Yeah, I hated holding... Like, story. two of them at the same time. They're like, stupid asses. <laughs> right. And then Harvey uh, FaceTimes us. And then we're talking to you. And we're just... I don't remember. We were super excited to see you. You're talking to us. And Harvey's... Because was, Harvey was talking to us because he had been FaceTiming us to keep us updated. And uh -huh. then he FaceTimed us, was talking to us, and he's like, oh, Vanessa's out and about. And then he's... You know, we started talking to you and we're so excited to see you. And we're like, oh, hey, how are you doing? And we didn't know you had the babies. And then he pans down and there's two babies on you. Yes. That's right. I remember now. And we started crying because they were so perfect. They are. They were perfect and are perfect. They're good. I mean, Henry's a little right testy right now, but they're good babies. Maybe his testicles are dropping. <laughs> so, their testicle... Oh. Okay, yeah. Testicles, like, I thought they were in their bodies. <laughs> what do you mean? When the, I didn't... Which is so stupid because I changed the little boy's diapers like growing up but I was a teen and so like, I never put two and two together that when people said when they're going through puberty that their balls dropped I thought they were dropping from their body and not their sex were dropping <laughs> okay so 
just just so you know, like um my cousin when he was mm-hmm. a baby, um he had the sack but his balls were in his in his stomach. Interesting. Yeah, so they had to like Well, they they had to do physical therapy to, for it to come down. His so, like, are out. So like no, I know. he's fine. They there's there's an awkward conversation that you have with your pediatrician. They do the little, you know, and they look. They're like, oh, yeah, it he's looks good. Fine. Yeah, he's good. He's good. And, um, yeah, so pretty much that's kind of it. And then they, like, leave you to your... So I was in labor and delivery, and then they have a post-op area. Mm-hmm. So we were in there for a little... I was in the hospital for a total of five days. Yes. So, um... Yeah, so I was in labor and delivery for a while after I got out from the ICU and then went to um, post-op and then, yeah, then we went home and... Then it was a whole slew of more problems. Yeah, just... With uh, breastfeeding. Oh, yeah, breastfeeding was hard because they were on a bottle for a good amount of days so the fun fact when you are in the hospital i had some pretty cool nurses so like i'm not even gonna lie i had some pretty cool nurses and i already knew going in that some nurses are extremely regimented on like making sure that babies are constantly eating right but like Mm -hmm. when babies are born their stomachs are the size of a pea oh yeah so they usually don't eat for like a while or um, they don't get like a full meal for quite some time. Exactly. They just, so they can't handle it. Yeah. But when you're in the hospital after a C-section, you're there, you know, a minimum of two days at least, right? Because mm-hmm. they, they have to keep you from monitoring, make sure you yeah. don't bleed out. And if you have a vaginal birth, sometimes you can just walk out the next hour, you know, depending on your situation. But um, they power feed babies in the hospital. Oh, they start them off at two ounces. Yes. And then they make you feel like when you're coming home... Um, that that's what you're supposed to do. And you're not. You're not. So we had to put our babies on a diet because we had one night where we had fed them. You're not going to sleep. No, we fed them 80 ounces, I believe, within the first week in one night because they, they get so... 80 used, ounces or 8 80, ounces? 80 milliliters 80 milliliters i'm like that's That's eight ounces is still a lot 80 ounces is like (laughs) impossible 80 milliliters okay and like that's still a lot it is a lot it is a lot for a first week newborn yeah baby tummy yeah and so but they're so used to hat like having that engorged belly because that's what they're taught right out of the womb if mommy is not available or you choose to bottle feed and so, and they also, even if you're a breastfeeding mommy, depending on what hospital you're in, they kind of like want you to supplement with formula and breast milk because they don't, for some reason, understand that baby's tummies are very tiny and that the very little colostrum that you are creating for your baby is enough. Yeah. You're supposed to be quote unquote cluster feeding a lot when your baby is first born. Yeah. My, uh... I, and that's something that wasn't told to me the first time, even though I did have uh, a, nur- uh, a nurse, a nursing nurse. What are they called? A lactation consultant. Lactation consultant. So I had a lactation nurse come with me for story for the first time because I was having trouble with story latching. Yeah. And I also didn't have a milk supply. So when you have a C-section, all those drugs and like that C-section, that 
I guess the initial push really does help with breastfeeding. And since you don't have that last push with the babies, mm -hmm. you know, when you have a C-section, like things don't kickstart. Things are a little bit slower to kickstart. It happened. It's going to take, it's going to happen. Yeah. It just takes a while. So it was literally a week that story didn't have breast milk. Um, and it was like, I didn't want to bottle feed her. I only did it when she was desperate and my sister was breastfeeding at the time. So I made her breastfeed story. That's awesome. Uh-huh. So then my, um, I was having all this trouble and then my neighbor came over and she's like, uh, you know, we just popped story on the boob. We tried a couple different w ways to get her going. We found a sweet spot and then she was breastfeeding and it was like that for two and a half years. Yeah. So my lactation consultant sucked. So she did push the nipple shield. Um, but at this point, I was so emotionally drained. Yeah. I was, I didn't have the capacity at that time to continue to try to breastfeed. Yeah. I literally was just told that I died. <laughs> <laughs> I just was told, I just had literally everything ripped from me. And so, figuratively and legitimately. And so, I didn't have the capacity to continue to try to breastfeed. So, I opted to just pump and like put all of that into pumping and which is great that you had a supply of milk yes which so is really I went great into like having babies already having a, a stash of milk so yeah and harvey pumped you while you were in her in coma in oh, i coma. didn't know that yeah he said i gotta go milk my wife oh i didn't know he pumped me oh he pumped you oh that's so sweet <laughs> it's gonna make me cry oh um but yeah i didn't know that Anyways, um, before I start crying, um, so, what was I saying? So, yeah, so I had a little stash of milk. Yeah. Um, so I was lactating already prior, mm -hmm. and I had been lactating for a while, um, but I just couldn't, when I started lactating, I wasn't able to pump yet because it was too early. But anyways, so, um, so I had been pumping, so I had milk coming in. I didn't have, like... A full-on like my full milk hadn't come in yet but like I was getting milk to where they were good you know yeah so, of course um and then they he kept pumping me just to keep making sure my supply didn't dry up that's really important so I was putting everything into learning how to pump properly mm -hmm. and just bottle feeding and then I was like I'll just deal with it later because they were so used to the bottle that like they the were, bottles are easy, though. They are. And they would scream trying to go onto the breast. And, like, I was just so overstimulated and stressed out that, like, I, I couldn't physically take it. So I just was like, let's let's just stick with the bottle. Let me, like, recoup, and then I will try to breastfeed. And so then finding out that we're having latching problems because I'm trying to do it a little late, not too late. I was still early trying to latch them um, in like a lactation consultant's eyes, like, cause I went to, um, uh, my midwife was like, no, you're like, it's still good. You can still teach them, but you should get, look them in, look into if they have ties or not. And so that we did that. That's another story within itself. Um, but anyways, so there I'm like struggling. I'm still doing a mixture of bottle feeding, trying to get them to latch and like, it's not 
working and I, I'm going through just like so many emotions. I'm dealing with postpartum shit and just pain and all kinds of like all kinds of shit. So we just bottle fed and then they finally started lashing with the shield and I'm still currently on the shield and it's like a month later. So I think they just might be shield babies, but I try and introduce the nipple, but they just scream. So I try introducing the nipple when they're not hungry and then they end up screaming. So I'm just like, I don't know. It's they're, not a win-win. They're, they're just emotional just like you. They get frustrated and anxious. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. Their ties, their tongue ties, just they just have to grow out of it. Yeah, so... Eventually we their went, mouths will get bigger where they can figure it out. Yeah. We went and saw a person that does the surgeries. She was like, eh, let's see how therapy goes and let's see what they say if they need to do the surgery. And then I had a second person come over and take a look. And she's like, I don't really see anything. They look normal to me. But if babies are eating with the nipple shield, then why fight it? Yeah. Like... No, your daughter, I knew she had a tongue tie right when I said her. I was like, she definitely has a tongue tie. But... It's not detrimental. No, because they're fat and they're happy. Yeah. You're so feeding them. they're eating. I have a great supply of milk. Yeah, your jugs got huge. Oh, my tits tripled in size. Yeah. They're painful. She was so excited to have anime titties, and now they're like big anime titties. Yeah. They're like, we're feeding twins, so we need to act like we're feeding the military. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because you went from, like, an A, B cup to, like, an E cup. Like, yeah, they're fucking, like, huge. They're huge boobs. You have huge boobs. Oh, yeah, they're going to be deflated. Or maybe I'll keep them. I don't know. You never know. They might stay. That's a thing. It's a possibility. So, yeah, that's pretty much my birth. In a nutshell. <laughs> well, you bounced back really great. Like, your body has bounced back pretty good. Like, obviously, you had a C-section. Obviously, you had twins. Yeah. There I was, mean... There's going to be a long road of recovery. But. I wouldn't say I bounced back, only because I hate the term bounce back. Yes. Because... Because you... I... I didn't bounce back to what I was before I got pregnant. But what I'm saying is, like, you have no neurological damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant, like, my like, physicalness of, like... Your shape and size. That's, is completely that's between different. you and your demons. Like, yeah. I've already accepted mine. You yeah. know? So, whatever. I definitely don't... I don't know. My body is different. It is not what it was prior. It won't probably ever be what it was prior. I think... My yeah. shape just started changing to pre I'm still not at the way I looked before I had kids. But, like, I started looking at myself in the mirror recently. Yeah. And things started changing that was a little bit more noticeable a couple years ago. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Um, and it makes me happy, you know. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, it's... Things are so slow after you have kids. And when... I'm well, just, from what I'm finding tired. out on postpartum TikTok, because that's where I go to college. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I follow, like, a lot of lactation consultants. I follow people who help women through their postpartum years. And, like... I had after, no time for that. Well, TikTok wasn't a thing back then. I know, and I hate it that it wasn't. Oh, you learned so much. Like, 
I'm doing scar massages, which help with the sensitivity. I couldn't even touch my I still stomach. have sensitive sensitivity on my scar. It's going away. Mine is. But I couldn't touch myself, my stomach, without feeling like I was going to go into an anxiety attack. Yep. Yep. Like... Oh, it felt like rubbing it's, cotton together. It's still... No, I still get that a little bit if I'm, like, washing myself and I go across my scar. It's just that... And I suffer nerve damage from after having kids. So, like, if I'm focusing too much of, like, when I wash myself on, like, my right hip... Mm-hmm. Or if I'm massaging myself on my right hip and I start hitting that nerve that is damaged, I feel like I'm going to vomit with anxiety. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It just, you feel it's, you're not in any pain. It's no. It's just so uncomfortable that it, you, you feel like you're going to die because of it. It feels like an out-of-body experience. You feel like you're suffocating with the <laughs> Old lady. But, so, <laughs> that's going away. I do it, like, every other day. So, yeah. that feeling is going away. Um, and then, just seeing the scar is difficult and then it's still healing so they tried taking my staples out i was stapled now typically they that's an old school way now is stapling my doctor was very old he was actually retiring so like um it's it's more or less used in emergency situations that too yeah um but now in a non-emergency situation that's the old school way is staples now they suture you um yeah, that's what I was told. I had... Okay, so the first time it was staples. And then the second time it was uh, liquid stitches mm-hmm. inside. Um, and then... Uh, I don't know if I would just t- trust the like that. Okay, so no, no. So what my my second doctor did is that he did the, the stitches on the inside. And then he did the stitches on the outside mm-hmm. with the liquid. And then he did the staples. Yeah, now they just don't do the staples. Okay, well, he did the staples. And it wasn't that bad because I still had the glue, right? And so then after, like, the staples were just, like, just to set the scar in or the the wound. And then after two days, they took out the staples. And then they put this um, Band-Aid on it. Yeah. Well, I had no sutures. I just had glue and staples. That's what I had. And so they took the tried to take the staples out after three days i almost puked oh i didn't like it um and it was my it started to open up and not just like a little bit mine opened up a little bit like it was opening up like i it's still heal like i still have a slight hole gross it's still healing gross yes so i'm dealing with that but there's definitely been some ups and downs the first week was really difficult because they want you to do um your appointments so your first pediatric appointment and then i had to go um to the to a clinic for my suit my um staples and i had to go see my midwives and like no i didn't have to go see my my midwives came to me but like so there's a whole bunch of firsts and we went with the pediatric doctor that was at the hospital. Harvey really liked him. So I was like, well, why don't I meet him and, like, see what's up? And it's like, he remembers me as, like, the mom that almost died. And, like, he's like, it's really, gl- like, great to meet you. He's like, I was really sad for your situation because I was having to write down husband instead of mother. And he's like, I rarely do that. 
and I'm like trying not to cry. Oh my god. In my appointment. And then I go to get my staples out and I'm thinking like this doctor's never seen me. This shouldn't be that hard. And like he is talking to me, asking me about the situation, you know, just getting like some details and he's like, "Wait." He's like, "I heard about you. You're seizure girl." <laughs> <laughs> with the twins and I'm like trying he probably was gonna add deep throat to that but right and I'm <laughs> trying not to cry you know because this is a week after my you know the c-section yeah like I am just so I go into the car and Harvey was like waiting for me in the parking lot with the babies and I'm crying my eyes out and like the first week was just full of crying like I was just crying a lot yeah but, yeah, so that's pretty much, like, all of it. It was hard. But I'm alive. My babies are alive. And oh, like, they were fine from the get-up. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. They, they were perfect out. Mm-hmm. They, they were real babies. Yeah. Like, they weren't NICU baby. Like, there's nothing wrong with NICU babies, so I shouldn't say that. No, my... But, like, but they like, were... No, you you meant nothing because they were fine. Yeah. <laughs> they were good. And they were taken care of by their dad. Like... Yeah. It was a really shitty situation. He has his vasectomy scheduled. We're not doing this again. I don't want an IVF miracle because those are a thing. And... We don't need my embryos. So we will be donating those to people in need. Like, we're not having any more. This is it. Yeah. These are our babies. Yep. So, yeah. So that was the awaited story. I like the conversation I had with you. I was like, shouldn't you wait like a year or two? And you're like, fuck no. Nope. 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 I don't think I could. Like, oh, so the diagnosis. I never said the diagnosis. There really is no diagnosis. Um, no matter what, it's, it looks like what? It looks, so... My midwife originally had said it looked like eclampsia. So there's preeclampsia and there's eclampsia. Yeah. Preeclampsia is already diagnosed while pregnant. And you have to um, um, do blood tests to figure out if you have preeclampsia. And I was in the clear. So the reason why we did tests is because I had the swelling and my blood pressure was kind of wonky. But I didn't, wasn't. I didn't have preeclampsia. Yeah. So eclampsia shows up after, you know, and yeah. all you have to have is one indicator, and usually it's swelling or blood pressure. And so I didn't really, I had those, but not really. So she thinks I had a um, am omni amniotic embolism. I remember her mentioning that. And that's basically where like the amniotic fluid gets into your blood system and you have a reaction. It's almost as if you're allergic to being pregnant. Yeah. And you have seizures. Yes. During labor. But a lot of people who have those kind of things will, like, have, like, seizures, like, throughout their pregnancy. She said during her, with her research, that isn't the case. Yeah. And then so, I think you have to get, like, a special shot afterwards. I don't know. Like, if you want to have kids again. Yeah. Like, because you have to keep the, the reactions down. Down. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then, but she was also saying, like, it could have been, I was doing a lot to my body to induce labor. 
and then my body was just like done yeah you know so that's kind of it i could have had a amniotic embolism or i could have had eclampsia nobody really knows but what we do know is when you do further research apparently those things are extremely higher in risk to have when you have ivf when you have ivf so when you have ivf you are at higher risk for a c-section twins eclampsia all of those problems because you know it's yeah you're 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 making designer babies there's risks involved exactly and but no one knows those things they don't tell you that they don't because because they want you to make the babies Yes. They want you to make the babies but regardless. But they should tell you those things so that you can figure out your birthing plan. Yeah. My birthing plan would have been completely different. Yeah, like, if you knew, like, obviously you couldn't have, like, th- you couldn't do things, things naturally are difficult for your body. Yeah. Right? Having the indicator and, like, and then them telling you that, like... I would have had tried to do a vaginal birth in a hospital setting exactly i wouldn't have wasted my money i know because <laughs> then it's like oh well you know like you is very hard things weren't natural to begin with so it's gonna be harder to naturally exactly. do it at the end like i don't put so they're just like here you made the babies you're part of the cog now yeah bye bye <laughs> like nobody told me once that that would have been like a possibility no because they expect you to do all the research on your own and then the thing is though is that you don't do that research because you do those research when things happen like we did not know until we did the research after you went into a coma exactly and we're like holy fuck like how did no one like nobody knew like hey just so you know like this is these are these are these things happen and are are not fully researched one but they're at least like historically documented and shows a higher rate of this particular thing happening yeah when you have IVF not that it's gonna change you you've wanted these babies forever yeah. right like you guys wanted to get pregnant before you got married but then you're like and now we gotta get married and be traditional or whatever <laughs> But you were like, I want babies now. No, he wanted so, to be out of school. I know. But you wanted, you. it wasn't going to change. But it no. would have changed your mind in On a my sense. Breathing plan. Yes, because you were already flexible. Yeah. But like people giving you just that, that slightest bit more of information yep. would have helped. Would have been nice. And a, and a lot of parts, like, you know, a lot of yeah. those steps. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, that was kind of that. Like, that was my birth story. And now you guys all know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that there's some IVF mamas out there. Yeah. Or IVF people. Or twinsies. Mm hmm. Or yeah. twins. You just have to be careful. Or people who just didn't have a good birth. And even if you had a good birth, you're a bitch. <laughs> Congratulations. Just be sensitive. Just be sensitive. Like, be okay that I'm bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly bitter. I do, like, birth is not easy for anybody and like just don't have that mindset that c-section moms and c-section birthing people are not giving birth we are just a different way yeah so but that's kind of it for me send us your stories to groomerhumor at gmail.com 
or you can go to our Facebook and there's a link there for our website and you can send us a story there. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Shit on the Table. Tell your friends to listen to us at Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. And just a friendly reminder, um, please send your stories to the email, um, not the messenger, because if you send it to messenger, sometimes I do forget. And when it comes to reading them, they may get lost. So send the stories to the email, please. That would be great. Yeah. All right. We're out. Bye.